Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. If one of your goals for 2020 is to rock your email marketing, then girl, I've got just the thing. Email marketing used to be a pain point for me because I have tried every platform out there. Now I use Flowdesk, a new platform that is changing the email marketing game. I could tell you a thousand reasons why I'm obsessed with Flowdesk, but you'll have to see for yourself. You will fall in love with the beautiful templates, easy to use interface, and having unlimited everything. That's right. If you get on board right now, you get unlimited subscribers, emails, workflows, and forms for life. And the best part, if you enter code Haley, you get all of this for only $19 a month. Again, for life. Seriously, just enter code H-A-Y-L-E-Y and you'll lock in a $19 a month subscription for an unlimited amount of everything Flowdesk has to offer for life. That's an unbeatable deal for your business and your peace of mind. 2020 is the year to change your email marketing. So head to Flowdesk, enter code Haley, and make it your best year in business yet. Welcome back, ladies, to another episode of Females on Fire. I'm excited for this episode today because we touched on so many different things, but I'm really excited to be talking to Susie Carroll. And Susie mentors entrepreneurial-minded women who want to make a positive impact, but overwhelm and self-doubt gets in their way. Using her 40 plus years of experience in leadership and as an entrepreneur, Susie helps women lead with intention, clarity, and momentum to achieve their dreams. And all of that is what we touched on in this episode. We talked all about clarity, how to get it, why you don't have it, why you have that sense of overwhelm instead, and why you're burning out. And then we even touched on limiting beliefs and those blocks that we build up that's keeping us from doing the things that we really want to do and really truly believing in ourselves. It was such a great episode and Susie brought so much wonderful insight. So I know that you are going to love it and you are going to love her. And I am just so excited for you to get to tune into this episode. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Haley. Yes, we are excited to have you. And I'm really excited about this conversation. But before we dive into it, can you tell everybody just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and especially how you got here. <laughs> I'm laughing at especially how I got here because it's been a really twisty, turny, long, long journey. Um, but what I do now, in a nutshell, is I help liberate mission-inspired women from the burden of not enough and the bis myth of busy equals success. And I'm doing this because 
that is the state of mind that I lived in and worked in for, I'm 56, so 40 years I was out there in the working world um, not feeling like I was enough and doubting myself all of the time. So kind of how I got to where I am at now, um, I, you, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I was born with it. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm Taurus. I like to lead. Um, I, um, I have a, a really good mind for just kind of cutting through all the peripherals and getting to what's important. So, gosh, I started my, I guess my first business was babysitting <laughs> going way back when. But, um, yeah, so I, the first real venture into being out there in the world was when I was, I should back up here, and I attempted suicide when I was 20 because I was raised in a very um, abusive environment, mentally abusive environment. And from that point forward, I set out to prove to myself that I was enough. And that kind of wound through my entire career. But I started out in sales in my early 20s. And that's where I really cut my teeth because I didn't, I wasn't even working with a base salary. I was 100% on commission. So I really learned about customer service, about showing up, about being reliable, about being dependable. Um, and you know, all the pieces that go together to be successful. And by the time I was 24, I'd broken the six figure income level. Um, and I was also burning out at a very young age. So fast forward, I uh, became a mom, married an alcoholic, lived in that situation for 13 years, got divorced, became a single mom. But woven all throughout there, you know, in a way, I think business saved my life because it gave me something to really dig in and focus on. Um, this is what I would call the, the gift of wounds. So I showed up in a, a way that kept me from really looking at myself. But the gift of that is I accomplished a lot. I was um, director of national sales for a manufacturing company and traveled all over the country. I was director of um, media advertising. And then in 2000, and, oh my goodness, 2005. I always remember the year my husband and my second husband, um, my lifelong husband, and I got married in 2004, bought my business in 2005. So I made this huge about face and bought a nutrition and wellness business. And those 10 years I owned my business were, I think, the most pivotal for me because when you own a business, it's like going through intense psychotherapy and everything that needs to be healed comes up for you. And that's really what landed me exactly with what I'm doing today, which is helping women who desire to have a positive impact get out of their own way by identifying behaviors and those hidden beliefs, because we all have hidden beliefs, even if we don't think we have them, we have them, that are blocking your path to my, my favorite word, flourishment, which is nourish plus flourish equals flourishment, which draws in my background as a certified nutrition consultant. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. That is so crazy. Oh my gosh. I mean, that 
so much happened in there. And first of <laughs> I have all, no idea. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'm just like super proud of you for just continuing to keep going. You know, like a lot of people have so much trouble with, with that part, with just standing back up and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep at it. Um, so, you know, hugely proud of you for that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And, and I mean, even just all of those, you mentioned so many different hardships with the suicide attempt and the divorce and, and just all of these things that you walked through. And then you said it felt like business kind of saved your life. And I think that's such an interesting perspective because, you know, now you realize that you've, you've dealt with burnout and you've dealt with that overwhelm and, and with working too hard and being too busy. But in the moment it, it felt like your business was saving your life. And it felt like that was the only sort of thing you had to latch onto. And so I, I think that's really interesting because I think we all, maybe not quite to the extent that you dealt with it, but I think we've all dealt with those moments where we feel like our business is the only thing going right. And we feel like our business is the only thing that we can control and the only thing that we really have to latch onto that's any good. And I, I know, you know, I've absolutely had those moments. And in those moments, I feel like you absolutely start to burn out because you're putting everything that you have into your business, all of your energy, all of your focus, all of your time, because it's, it's the only thing you feel like you've got a handle on in the moment. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head with control feel. And that's exactly what happened with me is my business was, as you said, the only area of my life I felt like I could control. Um, but I, I was, I was hanging on to it. My, I had a death grip on it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with my nutrition wellness center, um, I took that through the recession. Um, I think the word that comes to mind is I literally drove that like a mad woman through the recession. I didn't look mad to anybody. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, <laughs> you know, women, we women are so amazing at putting um a happy i've got it all together appearance out there and i'm i am really skilled at that so um yeah to my my customers and my community i look like i had it all together and inside i was just struggling to to hold it together because during the recession it was it was a roller coaster every single day. You didn't know if the stock market was up, people were coming in the door. If the stock market was down, people weren't coming in the door. I had a lot of wealth, wealthy clientele, um, older clientele, and they were seeing, you know, their their life savings diminish, and all of a sudden, you know, I had all this expensive product that wasn't selling, and um, I had staff, and I'd be in the morning just curled up in the office crying. Wow. I didn't. I didn't know where to go. And so one of the things I really learned from that, which is actually, I think a, um, one of the beautiful things about social media is, um, especially recently, women are showing up a lot more, they're, they're getting a lot more real, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. showing up more vulnerable. Because when I owned my business, I didn't have anyone to talk to or turn to. And I live in a small community. So you didn't, you know, I didn't want to bump into somebody I knew and said, oh my God, things are just falling apart because pretty soon that spread all over town and they're like, you know, the rumors, oh, her business is closing. Um, so something I did recently in my community is I started, um, just for lack of a better zingy word, just women in business meetups. 
and with the sole purpose of creating a container where women could, who are in business, whether they own businesses or managers or leading nonprofits, could show up and be in a safe space where they could say things like, oh my God, I am just struggling and share what's going on and they get, get reflection back without having to worry that it's going to get spread around the community. I love um, that. Yeah, something I did not have when I owned my brick and mortar business. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a good point too, that, you know, it, it is really hard, especially if you live in a community like that, where, you know, you're, you're worried about what's going to, I mean, let's face it. We all sit around and talk about like not listening to what other people think and, and caring what other people think, but, but that's really hard, especially if you live in an area that's like close knit or small town like that, or, or any sort of, um, industry where, you know, people are going to talk. And that, that can be really difficult. And a lot of the time we ultimately end up feeling very alone. And I know I, I was talking about this with a, a fellow business owner uh -huh. a couple weeks back where she was talking about how her whole sort of, you know, group of people around her in the industry are all making six figures every single one of them, they're making six figures. They're talking about how they made six figures. They're telling other people how to make six figures. And here she is doing this same type of work in this same, you know, very niche industry. And she's great at what she does. Her clients adore her. She's absolutely fabulous at what she does, but she feels like, you know, she's raised her prices to the point that she wants to raise them. She doesn't want to raise them anymore. And she's not making six figures and she's doing really well for herself. She's bringing in like $90,000 a year, which is fantastic for business. That's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And she just feels very alone and she feels like she can't talk about income and finances and revenue and all of these things with these fellow business owners in her sort of niche because she feels like she's not really doing as well as they are. And so I think that manifests it, that idea of feeling alone in our business manifests itself in so many different ways. It can be revenue. It can be your time. It can, you know, I know moms who feel like they don't really get to put as much into their business as some of their friends or pe other people in their industries because they're moms. They have to go pick the kids up from school at three o'clock. So I think it manifests itself in different ways, but I think it just brings it back to a good point that we've all had those moments, even in business where we feel very alone and, Absolutely. and you've got to find a way in those moments to reach out to somebody and, and find that community because deep down we're all feeling it. We all have those moments where we feel alone. We all have those moments where we feel like we're not good enough. And if you can find those people that can relate to that with you, it makes the journey a lot easier. Well, I have an idea for you and your listeners in yes, 2000 and okay, this is 2020, 2010, I was at a retreat workshop led by, um, she's one of my closest friends now lives just like five minutes from me. Her name is Barbara Stanny, Barbie Hewson, and she's the author of Sacred Success. And she was teaching these retreats under that title, Sacred Success, phenomenal woman. And um, I went to every single one of them because she's my friend. And at this particular one, I think it was her second one, at the end of the weekend three-day retreat, she encouraged us all to form what Barbara called spotters groups. And the premise behind a spotters group 
is, you know how you go, when you go to the gym and you'll see men lifting weights and they'll just holler out, hey, will somebody come over here and spot me? Mm -hmm. You never see women doing that. True. Very true. <laughs> so, yeah. So the premise behind the spotters group is to gather a group of women who will help you lift the heavier weights in life. So when I got back home, I'm no spring chicken, and I called Barbara up and I said, hey, I'm going to form a spotters group. Do you want to be in mine? She said, yes. There was another uh, woman who I had, uh, lived in my community who was at the retreat, and I called her, and she said yes. And then there was two women in town that I knew, but I didn't know well. One was a business owner. One was um, leading a nonprofit. And I invited them over to my home, and I interviewed them. And I told them the print, you know, shared the story I just shared, and told them what I was wanting to create, which was a uh, kind of a posse of women where we could really get together and grow our businesses and we would meet every single month. So long story short, this group of women, we have been meeting monthly for nine years now. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that crazy? And it has been hands down the most life supportive, life transformational Thing I have ever embarked on and we always laugh about this because we we joined up to grow our businesses we hardly ever talk about business because of course business has everything to do with your interpersonal landscape mm -hmm. but we've guided you know so as we got stronger and more connected to our what I call inner leadership you know leading from the inside out as we peel the layers back of what's blocking us all of us have had businesses that have taken on new, new life and gone different directions. Um, but the beautiful part is businesses are good. They're going in the direction we want, but our personal lives are stellar. That's amazing. Oh, I love yeah. that so much. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's interested, they, they could just Google my name plus spotters group and it'll come up or if you have the book, Sacred Success Kicking Around, Barbara, actually, um, I wrote up guidelines for forming a spotters group that's actually published in her book as well. But I you know it's, um, you know, five women. I wouldn't do any more than five there. We never have any alcohol. Um, this is about allowing space to go really deep. I, I always say it's an opportunity to get the dust bunnies out every month. Just anything that's collected. I, I have these group of women. I can tell them anything. I love that. I, I love yeah. that so much because I, I love the point that you made too, that your personal lives are, are doing so well because, you know, I know there's kind of this, in my opinion, outdated sentiment that you need to separate your business and your personal life. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I get it to a point, you know, you should have like a separate bank account for your business and things oh, like absolutely. that. Absolutely. But to a point, your personal life and your business are always going to be intertwined. They're, mm -hmm. they're always going to, going to cross paths. You know, you're going to have to give up time in one to deal with the other, and you're going to have to make sacrifices in one for the other in certain seasons. And there's always going to be that, that sort of crossway between the two. And so I, I love that you mentioned, you know, these are women that you basically got together because you all have businesses and because running a business is hard 
and you wanted that type of community, but now you can tell them anything and your personal lives are all doing so well. And so it, it's not just about business and probably hasn't been for years. It's about that, that community and being able to have somebody who's there, whether it's business or personal or, you know, whatever, somebody that you can sort of share with and, and help carry that weight for you. And I, I just think that's awesome. I love anytime I hear about women, especially people in general, but especially women, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's face it. Like we're way less likely to be in community with each other than men. It's just, it's how we are. But uh-huh. I love that. I love hearing about women who are creating these, these groups and these communities and these masterminds where it's genuinely about supporting the other women in the group. And yeah. I, I think that's awesome. That's, there's so much power in that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in, in regards to women in business, we bring um, some really incredible traits to the experience, to the plate, so to speak. Um, I have, I call it the six principles of success and they are clarity, conviction, confidence, compassion, connection, and contribution. And, um, on my website, there's actually a diagram of those and it's a pyramid. So on the bottom, which is your foundation is clarity where women operate from innately because we're nourishers, givers, and pleasers is from compassion, connection, and contribution. So we're often showing up in our business, harnessing those three beautiful skills and traits, however, which are really important. However, if you haven't built that bottom foundation of clarity, conviction, and confidence, what you'll find is you are, you're overwhelmed because you're pleasing everybody. You're yesing a lot. You are doubting yourself a lot. So it's really, really important. I think in the beginning, you might have mentioned clarity. Um, Mm -hmm. I uh, just launched a course. I'm not going to be teaching again for a while, but it's called Calling in Clarity. So clarity, these are the four stages of clarity. It's first, this process of revealing what is hidden and raising awareness around what is forming blocks to desired outcome. And you know, if you've got a block, blocks often, I don't know anybody that doesn't have blocks. They're always there. Um, I mentioned my friend Barbara earlier, she's in her seventies and it's just been such a gift to witness her because she's extraordinarily successful, but even in her seventies, you know, the the layers are always peeling back. So you're never done. So you take your last breath. So we think of that as a gift that we always have layers to peel back. So, um, and the, the revealing the, what's hidden fosters releasing of what isn't you or yours so we're born into this world with this empty suitcase and then especially with women because of socialization our suitcase starts to get filled up um, by outside influences whether it's media your parents um, just socially um, recognized ways of behavior and thinking that women have been subjected to for a millennia so there's this releasing of what isn't yours. So first step is revealing. Second is releasing. And for women, so much of what drives us is that social conditioning. So once this has been revealed, it's a lot easier to release and then take back the re- reins of your life. And then you begin to, and this is the third step of uh, calling in clarity, is to respond differently. And that's when you're guided by an expanded awareness and you have, um, there's this discernment that leads 
to thoughtful action instead of reacting to everything. You know, um, I, I had this experience in my uh, more the corporate level is, you know, it felt like I was putting fires out all day long. And then the last piece of that is of calling and clarity is reorienting. And so when you revealed what's hidden, you started to release it and you're responding differently, then you begin to reorient even on a cellular level and it's to a new and healthier way of being and one that places your well-being as a priority and really fosters that soul aligned leadership. And to me, that is the most important key to success in business and personal is how you prioritize things, what matters most. Does that make sense? It does. I love that you broke this down into steps too, because I think we hear the word clarity and it can be so unclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because it's kind of sounded cheesy, but it's true. It can be so, it can be so difficult to process like not only what that really means for us, but how we actually obtain it. So yeah. I love that. I, I love that you so simply broke this down and not that it's simple steps, you know, it's sometimes hard to process and hard to get through, but you broke it down into these like four easy steps, like, okay, you know, here's what you have to do first and here's what you have mm -hmm. to do second. And once you get through these four steps, you're going to find that clarity that you're looking for. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and when you find that clarity, that's where your inner light really starts to shine through you and it becomes your light. Um, you always think of it, you're, you're walking along a path holding a lantern. I mean, that's what happens when you start to tap into a more in, clear insight. It's like clearing your vessel as you get rid of release the blocks. So yeah. I'll use myself as an example. I, like I said, for 40 years, I was showing up in my professional world, um, enjoying a level of success. However, I was very, very blocked. And it was those blocks that were causing my anxiety. They were causing my sleepless nights. They were, you know, causing me to, I used to joke around, say I got a PhD in making mountains on molehills. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I find, you know, and this isn't easy work and it took me, um, I think women today are, are starting at a lot younger age because there's so much more information out there, I was born into an era, I was born in 1863, and I graduated from high school in 1981, long before social media. And, you know, it's really wild to me when I look back and think, you know, when I started elementary school, women were still not allowed to wear pants. Wow. So, you know, that's kind of the, I was just on the fringe, you know, as I stepped out into the adult world, but still really heavily burdened by these socially indoctrinated ways for women to show up and men too. I mean, this is what we did. We went to school, we got out of school, we went to college, we got a job, we got married, we started a family. Those were our choices. Right. And now there's this plethora of choice, which is wonderful. But if you are, if you don't have a sense of clarity and aren't taking a look at your inner landscape, it can get really overwhelming. And there's the downside of social media because then that all that, well, like you were mentioning that woman who isn't making six figures. Um, you're starting to look at other people and going, oh, what's wrong with me? Well, maybe this isn't your, you know, I finally accepted that, you know, there's some things I believe in this lifetime that are just not meant for me. So absolutely. What, yeah. What is my, my purpose? And hopefully it's helping other people break through their blocks. This is what I love to do. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's such an interesting point because I always think about, I, have no idea 
how people ran businesses and did pretty much anything without the internet. Like <laughs> I, I don't, I really couldn't do it. I couldn't, but with that Direct mail, flyers, email, <laughs> ads in newspapers. Yeah. Oh, um, sticky, sticky signs on the side of your car, magnetics. Yep. <laughs> it's an entirely different world. But with that being said, I do think, and you, you mentioned this too, you pointed this out. I do think, you know, the internet, social media, it's an incredible thing. It's a ridiculously powerful tool for business. It has changed everything about the way we run businesses, but it also has changed how easily we can be influenced by other people and how easily we can compare ourselves to. And I, I truly, especially on like Instagram, for example, the comparisonitis is, I mean, it runs rampant and, yeah. you know, women, we are more sort of prone to do that. Most men, you know, they've got their own trials and struggles and all of those things, but most men aren't hopping on Instagram and looking at other men and going, Oh, I wish that were me. I wish I had that. I wish it, it tends to be more women doing that. And so in business, you know, it's this great tool to connect us to people we would have never been able to meet otherwise, but then it's also this awful tool that now has connected us to these people that we never would have known otherwise. And now we're comparing ourselves to them. And, and, you know, I, I think that's a good point when it comes to clarity is if you don't, if you don't have it, if you don't have that really clear idea of your purpose of what you're mm -hmm. supposed to be doing of why you're doing that thing that you're doing of those blocks that you were talking about earlier and how to push past them of all of those limiting beliefs. If you don't have a really clear understanding of all of those things within yourself, then you're going to look for an understanding in those things in other people. And mm -hmm. I think that's when that comparison starts. That's when you start building up bigger blocks. That's when you end up with all of these problems that you now are going to have to work through at some point, because eventually it's all going to come crashing down and you're going to have to deal with it. And so I think getting that clarity as early on as you possibly can in your business is really crucial to, you know, your success in that and your ability to be able to go out and, and forge your own path, do your own thing, you know, do things differently than all the other people in your industry and be okay with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, what is absolute most important is what you decide for yourself and being really clear on what matters most. Um, I uh, work with clients and in my, my course, I have a, an exercise and I call it the core importance, which is a bit different than what your core values are. Core values are really important, but what I've noticed um, over the years is whenever you mention core values to a woman and you sit down with, let's say there's a lot of different worksheets on developing core values and a woman will uh, glance down the list and she'll say, well, yeah, okay, integrity is one of my core values. What mostly happens is a woman will immediately flip into, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. Yep. And yeah, that bar is set so high. So I have, I call these your core importance. What is the most important to you? So I keep mine pinned on my bulletin board, which is um, to the right of my desk. And I look at it every day. So my core importance are unscheduled time. And to that, 
and that means to me, you know, walks, um, having time to think, emptiness space. So I have time to um, make changes if I need to. And I love random. You know, after 40 years of working, you know, eight to five, I just really love random. <laughs> and then my other one is meaningful connection. I love doing things like this, having great conversations. They just, they really lift me up. Forward movement, every single day doing something that's moving me forwards. Um, in my, both my personal and business life. And I'm not talking about massive, I'm just talking about a little step. Okay, I did that, that little thing today. Maybe I stretched, that was good for my body. I've done a, I'm doing a podcast today, that's forward movement. Um, and then healthy living, especially in my background, that's, um, which is relationships, my relationships with my family and eating healthy and all that. And that's it, those are my core importance. So they are my guiding, my guiding light. If somebody um, asks me to do something, if I'm asked to volunteer, I will I'll put pause. Oh, here's something in the world of um, yesing, over yesing, never say yes in the moment. So big rule for myself is I never say yes in the moment. I will say thank you for thinking of me. I'm really honored. I need to check my schedule. I'll get back to you in the morning and sleep on it. So that's what I do, and then I look at my list and go, hmm, yeah, that actually falls within a meaningful connection for me, or oh man, that is gonna be really intense and I am going to lose all my unscheduled time. And I'm not good to anybody if I don't have unscheduled time. So um, I don't even know what you said that sparked that trail of thought, but there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good, it was good. It went right along with what we were saying, absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, cause we were talking about, you know, getting that clarity and how to get that and, and all of those things. And so I think that's mm. a really good point. Having that, those, that core importance, not necessarily even the core values. And I love that you sort of distinguish the differences there, but having those things that tell you, okay, this is what matters most to me. And, and, you know, being able to look at that every day and say, okay, this is why I do what I do. And I think that brings up a good point, you know, in business, you mentioned, you know, women tend to say, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. And that's absolutely true. And especially now with the way we run businesses with all the different social media platforms, and there's like a new one popping up every day and, and you've got to have a blog and you've got to have a podcast and you've got to do video and you, and you have to do all of these things according to society. <laughs> And, somebody. <laughs> yeah, according to somebody, we don't know, who's <laughs> we don't know who that person is, but we're all following them. Yeah, we need to find them and shut them up because <laughs> they're causing us problems. But but we, we feel like we have to do all of these things. And I think if you can get in a habit of starting to ask yourself, okay, this thing that I think I need to do, does it actually benefit these things that are important to me? Does it actually contribute to these, these core importance things that I have. And if not, then why are you doing it? <laughs> and so I, I feel like that was, it was just such a good point because I think we all can get really trapped in feeling like we have to be on every platform. We have to be doing all of these things every week. And, and I, I know I got to a point in my business where I was trying to be on every social media platform. I was trying to send email newsletters every week. I was trying to post like two blogs a week. I had started the podcast. You know, I was doing all of these things to the point where I couldn't even work on the actual stuff that was bringing in income. 
Right. And that's, I mean, why that's not worth it. That's not good at all. And I got burnt out on that really fast. And that's when, you know, you've got to decide to delegate or outsource or cut something out or, you know, just do something differently um, mm-hmm. and find a way to, to figure out what you actually need to be doing because in business, you should number one, be focusing on the things that are going to bring you money because that's, I mean, you're in business to make money. Even if you're in business to make a difference and make an impact, you're still in business to make money. You got to pay your bills. So, you know, focus on those things that make you money, but then focus on those things that are really, truly important to you. If you're trying to make a difference, if you're trying to make an impact, if you're trying to run a business so that you have more free time or can spend more time with your family or take long vacations or whatever, whatever your things are, you've got to be doing tasks and doing things that contribute to those things that you want. Right. And you know, what comes up for me listening to you talk and and thinking about my own experience, when I was running in a zillion different directions, really what I was doing, well, first of all, I had a um, pretty deep uh, addiction to busyness. So when you have, you know, you can have all sorts of addictions addictions and busyness is just another way of avoiding what you need to look at within yourself. So I, when I was running all different directions at one time, I was serving on, um, cause I said yes to everything. I said yes to everything because I had, um, I had a need to be appreciated, which I didn't get from my mom. Thank God I finally figured that out because I saw that I was showing up so often because I needed to feel appreciated. So when I learned how to appreciate myself, that dissipated that. But when we're running in a zillion different directions, there's two things that happen. One, it's often an avoidance tactic for something we're uncomfortable to look at in ourselves. Number two, what just breaks my heart with, especially with women in business, it's like you've got this big watering can and you've got all these plants in front of you and you're taking this can and you're literally drowning them to the point that nothing is growing. So you're diluting your effort. So if you pull back, if you rein in and go, okay, what is my why? This is what I want to accomplish. What's going to give me the most impact to get to that point? What do I most enjoy? What can I let go of? Hmm. That's a very good point. It's a very, very good point. I love that. Yeah. So you think about, I use closet analogies all the time. So you walk into your closet and it is so, which is pretty much everyone have is so full that you can't see your favorite outfits. That's what happens when your life is so busy. You can't see, well, first of all, you can't, you can't see what is going to um, launch you into whatever the next level is you want to go because it's just masked by all that, the stuff. And Also, you don't even know what is the best for you. So you can't see the outfits that are, that make you light up, that make you feel good. Right. Yeah. That's definitely a good analogy. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I honestly think for women in business, if you're feeling stuck, go clean your closet, literally go clean your closet out first or go clean the junk drawer out. If there's something energetically that happens, you need to do that. I love that. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Because you... And I've heard people say, you know, like when you're feeling stuck, just go do something productive. And I think that's kind of along that same line, but yeah, I think the process of, of doing that, of just cleaning out something in your life really helps you 
to kind of clear out those blocks in other areas. So that's a really good point. I like that a lot. Yeah, my husband will call sometimes and he'll ask me what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning my closet. I'm, I'm working. I'm cleaning my closet out because literally it gets me unstuck. I have a, a friend of mine. Her husband says when all else fails, go sweep. <laughs> I love that. Otherwise, we just, it's like we sit there pushing ourselves through um, and that never works. It's just better to disconnect and step back. Definitely. Definitely agree. Ah, well, this was so good. This is such a good conversation on just clarity and blocks and and God, we touched on all of these things, but (laughs) I love this because I think it was, I think it'll be really helpful. Just number one for everybody listening to know that they're not alone. We're all going through it. We're all dealing with, you know, clarity issues and limiting beliefs and all of these things. And it's something that you're just continuously working toward. So I love that, that that was kind of, you know, an ongoing point in this entire conversation was that it's something that we're all dealing with. And I I think you gave a lot of like really helpful tips on how to gain that clarity and, you know, exercises you can do when you're not gaining clarity and all (laughs) go clean your closet. closet. (laughs) I love it. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do want to ask you a lightning round really quick that I always do to close out. That's just kind of a, a fun way to end the show. Okay. So first and foremost, what does your morning routine look like? Oh, I'm going to be a terrible example. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I no longer have a morning routine. Um, you know, none of these, you know, like the magic morning, that sort of thing. And, and honestly, Haley, that just, that's because of where I'm at in my life. Um, I don't necessarily need a morning routine, but I do, you know, I get up, I eat breakfast, I take my dog for a walk. Um, you know, I guess essentially I do have a routine. Yeah. So I get up, take my dog for a walk. I eat breakfast. I always spend a little bit of quiet time outside and I always ask for guidance. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. It's very like peaceful and, and easygoing. I like Yeah. It. I feel, I believe that the morning sets the tone for the rest of the day. So one thing I is not part of my morning routine anymore. And I can just hear a lot of women are going to go, Oh my God, no. I do not have coffee first thing in the morning. <laughs> the reason is I realized when I have a cup of coffee in the morning, I have solved the world problems by nine o'clock. I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to get through the whole day without being driven by adrenaline. So I usually have a cup of coffee around 10. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. What is the last book that you read? Ooh, um, Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser, who is the founder of the Omega Institute in New York City. It oh, is very cool. In New York. It is really, it is such a, a friend of mine, actually, the one who recommended the book to me, she asked me what I loved about it so much. And my answer was, it is such a beautiful remi- reminder of, we all th- go through periods of life more than once where you break open, where things fall apart, where, um, and it's how you traverse those moments in life where you either push your way through without learning, or they become extraordinarily, uh, an extraordinary opportunity for increased awareness. Mm, I love that. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really good. Yeah. That's a good book. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. What is one thing that you recommend to everyone. So it can be like a service that you use or a product that you love or whatever you want. 
but one thing that you feel like everybody has to have. Okay. So I love questions. I believe questions are the, the uh, portal to your soul. Um, and even on my blogs, I'm almost always asking questions. In fact, a year or so ago, I wrote a blog and I compiled all my questions I'd asked in within two years and it was 123 different questions. So, but my favorite question of them all actually comes from the Course in Miracles and it's above all else, let me see this differently. So my question is, how can you see this differently? How can I see this differently? Um, so let's say you are triggered by something instead of just, you know, getting pulled down from the trigger, take a deep breath and say, Oh, how can I see this differently? How can I do this differently? I love that. A different perspective. Yeah. It gets you out of re uh, reactive states and puts you into, um, a thoughtful pon ponder, I love the word pondering, pondering state. So you can take action instead of reacting. I love that so much. Ah, that's a good recommendation. Very, mm -hmm. very good. All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. This comes from my friend, Athena uh, Burke. Um, she's a musician who lives in New York and she is one of the most um, spiritually connected beings I know. And I'm, um, she's not traditionally religious either. So insert whatever word works in here for you, but it was, eight or nine years ago, she said to me, Susie, God told me that anything that comes after I should is a lie. Mm, I, I like that. Isn't that good? And I took a sabbatical year. It was an intentional year. I called it my year of no. And that literally became my, um, how I rewired my my neural pathways because I didn't know what I wanted often. I was so used to doing everything I should for decades. Um, so anytime I heard myself say I should, I need to, I have to, those are kind of my go-tos. I would hit the pause button and say, all right, what is it you want to do? And what I learned is often it's not anything huge. I was used, I don't like emptying the dishwasher. So <laughs> This is one of my blocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, I have a husband who's super helpful, so he usually empty it for me. But so the analogy I use is I, I'm like, oh God, I should open, I should, I should even just open the dishwasher. I should empty the dishwasher. So I'll pause and go, all right, what is it I want to do? And I did this a lot my sabbatical year with the things that I should be doing around the house. And often for me, I just, I live in the middle of the woods and I just like to get outside. So I was like, oh, I just really want to go outside for like five minutes and walk around. And I do that. I come back, I empty the dishwasher and it's no big deal. So in my sabbatical year, I never did anything I should, but I always tell people my house didn't fall down. I wasn't living in a pile of filth, but you know, everything got done, but it got done from a different space. Instead of pushing myself into it, I was doing it with a lot more gratitude and um, happiness. I love that so much. Oh, that's such, and goes along so well with everything we were talking about, the limiting beliefs yeah. and the clarity and, and all of those things. I love that. Yeah. The, so sh good. the sh monster is huge, I think for everybody. So yeah, whenever you hear yourself say, I should, it's a lie. I love it. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, so good. All right, Susie, we'll tell everybody where they can find you online. So what's your website, your social, sure. all the things. Okay. So you can find me at Susie, S-U-Z-Y, Carol, C-A-R-R-O-L 
www.ellenbarnhill.com. And I did want to share on there, if you click on resources, I, have, I just did this a few weeks ago. I put up every guide, mini guide I've written, and you don't even have to subscribe. They're immediate downloads. So when I was talking about forming a spotters group, there's one that says, um, it says the one about support. Just click on there and you'll get the information about how to form your own spotters group. And then um, currently I'm taking a social media break just for a few days, but I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Awesome. Yes. And we will link the website and all of that in the show notes as well. So if you want to connect with Susie and go find out more about what she's about and just give her a follow because she's awesome, then you can absolutely do that in the show notes. But Susie, thank you so much for your time and just sharing, gosh, your story and some of these exercises and advice and tips and all of these things that you shared. Because like I said, I think it's going to be really beneficial to our listeners just to know that they're not alone. And it's something we all go through and having a way to work toward that clarity and work through those blocks and those limiting beliefs. I think it's going to be really helpful. So oh, good. I, I just appreciate so. your time. All right. Thank you, Haley. And thanks for asking me to be on your show. This was really enjoyable. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.